MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, July 22nd, 2021. Today, Nancy Pelosi vetoes the gyms from the 1-6 committee, Jim Jordan and Jim Banks, and McCarthy throws a predictable temper tantrum. Republicans block a vote on their own weak-ass infrastructure bill. Yesterday, it was the GOP chair from Massachusetts. Today, it's the GOP chair of Florida is under investigation for sexual harassment. Louisiana lawmakers failed to override the governor's veto of their bill that would have banned trans girls in sports. And a federal judge blocks the Arkansas anti-trans bill banning trans youth treatments. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. All right, everybody, welcome. We've got some really good news for the transgender community today that I'm excited to go over. And you're always so sweet because you leave it for me. And not that you should. I just think it's something you do. And I think it's very generous. Well, I want to, you know, because you always have the last story. And I always want the last story to be a good one to sort of put us into the good news mood. So well done. That's just sort of how it works out. You're just a giver. You're a giver for me. You're a giver for the listeners. (laughs) I'll also be taught. I have a really, really great surprise today for everybody. Lincoln's Bible is going to be joining us. Uh, She's the host of the World Beneath podcast and, you know, longtime Twitter friend. Everybody, I think, is aware and follows Lincoln's Bible that listens to this program. If not, definitely give her a follow on Twitter. We're going to be talking in depth about the breadth of the Barrick indictment, that Tom Barrick indictment, which has got far reaching implications. So we have a really, really great show for you today. And today I canceled finally all my USAA policies, my insurance policies with USAA. The lady was like, can I ask, you know, because I always ask like why you're canceling. I ask why. You're like, yeah. And I'm like, sure, because you advertise on Fox News and because you're funding PACs and the GOP and members of which the Sedition Caucus belong. And she's like, ah, but then she tried to say, you know, we don't have any control over what shows uh, yeah, are you do. commercial. I'm like, I just signed a marketing agreement. They cleared every single show with me before I said what shows I advertise on. So yep. that's not true. And she's like, well, I agree with you. And then she just you know, went on to cancel my my policy. Yeah. Um, and you're like, is this being recorded for quality purposes? Because if so, expect a phone call from HR. <laughs> Yeah. So she's like, well, I'm really sorry you're leaving us. I'm like, yeah, me too. I've been there for a long time, decades. Money talks, AG, I'm proud of you. Good convictions. So I recommend everybody else do that too, if you have a USAA policies. In fact, I got much cheaper policies elsewhere. So, <laughs> and um, what, oh, I have a surprise guest for, for the Fantasy Indictment League on this Sunday's Muller She Wrote. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I bet you can guess. Um, <laughs> All right, so we have a lot of news to get to, so let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, lead story. House Republicans balked at participating in the House committee that's investigating the January 6th insurrection on Wednesday after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi rejected two of the five Republicans House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy had tapped for the panel, Jim Banks and Jim Jordan. Her decision to reject the two Republicans and McCarthy's response to pull the rest of his members 
injected new fuel into the partisan fight. Such a fucking child. Know, over the select committee that's been raging since Democrats. This is such hyperbole here from CNN. Raging since Democrats created the panel last month to investigate the circumstances surrounding the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Now, let's keep in mind, Nancy wanted to put forth a bipartisan commission. Kevin McCarthy wrote a letter saying, I want this and this and this and this and this. Nancy did all those things. Yep. Then they voted against it anyway, their own thing that they asked for. And now he's taken his ball and going home. So, you know, as they like to say, the committee will still have Republican representation from one member, Liz Cheney of Wyoming. And we know who she is. Cheney's participation keeps the committee bipartisan, even without anyone appointed by McCarthy. Pelosi's move to reject Jim Jordan and Jim Banks gives House Republicans an avenue to attack the select committee as a partisan endeavor. McCarthy slammed the move shortly after it was announced Wednesday. Unless Speaker Pelosi reverses course and seats all five Republican nominees, Republicans will not be party to their sham process and will instead pursue our own investigation of the facts. Yeah. Now, that's how CNN is reporting it with this, you know, this gives House Republicans an avenue to attack the select committee as a partisan endeavor. But let's be super clear here. I predicted. Monday, that if Pelosi vetoed anyone, Kevin would take his toys and go home. So this move is not a surprise, entirely predictable, childish, stupid behavior. And as I told Andrew on Clean Up on All 45 that came out yesterday, I was frankly surprised McCarthy even nominated anyone because that gave it legitimacy and from the Republicans. And regardless of whether Nancy vetoed anyone, the GOP was always going to rail against the sham commission. So any consideration about how McCarthy would react to a veto shouldn't have ever been part of any discussion. And I, I applaud Pelosi for making those veto choices. 100%. It's clear that McCarthy nominated untenable criminals to bait the speaker to veto them. And his plan the whole time was to never participate in this, in his own undoing, which is what this commission is. <laughs> now, McCarthy has declared that he will form his own committee. Well, I'm going to make my own Twitter. I'm going to make my own Facebook. I'm gonna make, mm-mm. Yeah, that really works out well for fucking Republicans. And everyone's going to ignore it because no one listens to criminals when they investigate themselves. He was such a tool, even on the press conference when one of the reporters brought up the question about his phone call. And he's like, if you're going to focus on that now, that's how you show it's a partisan issue. And you're making this political. I'm like, you're a fucking witness, you jackass. Okay. I know. I can't. I can't. And speaking of other jackasses, we're going back to Florida. So the Republican Party of Florida is investigating a chair now. His name is Joe Gruders in connection with a sexual harassment allegation involving a legislative staffer amid complaints from top party officials that the accusation was covered up. So four party officials and an additional source who works with the Republican Party of Florida told Politico Tuesday morning that the allegations stem from an evening at Tallahassee Bar during the 2021 legislative session. Sources say a male aide offered to drive Gruders home from the bar and at some point Gruders allegedly sexually harassed the aide. A formal complaint was filed with the state party shortly after the incident. So this there's some layers to this whole story, which I think is really interesting. A little bit of a, oh, really? A male aid. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Now, in a statement released Tuesday night, the party said the accusation was investigated for three months before the independent law firm tasked with conducting the probe concluded it was, quote, an Able to substantiate the allegations, and no accuser with firsthand knowledge was willing to come forward with a complaint or allegations of harassment or other misconduct. So Gruders, who's 44, is a close ally of the former guy, 
and spoke at the former president's rally earlier this month in Sarasota. Now, that's a city he also represents in the Florida Senate. Prior to joining the Florida Senate in 2018, he served in the Florida House for two years. Party treasurer Mike Moberly Tuesday morning confirmed the general outlines of the allegations to Politico, adding that he was aware of the probe, but he couldn't comment further until the investigation is completed. So this is very interesting because I guarantee this motherfucker has voted in the Senate against LGBTQ rights. 100% that he has. And now, of course, they hired a private personal law firm to investigate and they didn't find, they couldn't substantiate the allegations. Imagine that. That's so weird. I can't even, oh, maybe McCarthy could appoint someone to look into it. Maybe Jim Jordan will look. Oh, no, he likes to turn the other way with sexual harassment charges. He sure does. Next up, Senate Republicans blocked a vote Wednesday to start a debate on a $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill as they push for more time to strike a deal with Democrats and uh, basically shit all over and whitewash the legislation. Although that's, I'm paraphrasing. The vote was 49 to 51, short of the 60 votes needed to advance the measure. But lawmakers said in their negotiations, they will intensify over the next few days with the goal of trying again to advance the measure by early next week. A group of 22 Democratic and Republican senators said after the vote that they are close to a final agreement. Chill, everyone. And they are optimistic we'll finalize and be prepared to advance this historic bipartisan proposal to strengthen America's infrastructure and create good paying jobs in the coming days. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer defended his decision to set up the vote despite Republican opposition, pointing out that the bipartisan group has spent more than a month negotiating. He said Wednesday, the bipartisan negotiators are close to finalizing their product and that GOP senators should feel comfortable voting to move forward. Quote, we all want the same thing here to pass bipartisan infrastructure. But in order to finish, we first need to start. <laughs> I think that's fair, yeah. Schumer. I think that's fair. Yeah, the bipartisan effort is uh, one of a two-track strategy to advance the White House's sweeping economic agenda. The Democrats are doing their own $3.5 trillion package using budget reconciliation. Democrats have suggested that some elements of the bipartisan plan could be rolled into the Democrat-only package if they can't advance the narrower measure. But some moderate Democrats are already wary of the eye-popping price tag. Mm, Virginia, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin has balked at adding trillions more to the debt and at some of the provisions addressing the production of fossil fuels. Pressed on his concerns with climate portions of the proposal, Manchin emphasized Wednesday that other nations are and will become the major contributors to climate change. So we shouldn't have to do anything. Uh, He didn't say that. I did. He also said that he was worried that we're hitting big, big debt. It's like, oh, yeah, but you don't even understand what kind of revenue this will generate. You fucking yeah, no kidding. Potser. <laughs> Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders predicted, however, all 50 Democratic senators will ultimately support the budget resolution that would instruct committees to draft the three point five trillion dollar legislation. But now Bernie started at six. I tweeted this last month. Bernie started at six. Uh-huh. The Republicans were at one trillion. And then I said, OK, so now we're going to end up with the Republicans not doing shit because they never do. And even when they say they're going to, they don't. So it'll come back. It'll come down to four trillion and then we'll have to make Joe Manchin happy. So it'll be three trillion. So watch the three point five trillion legislation that's on the table right now will have to be taken down to three trillion to make Joe Manchin feel comfortable in his big boy pants. I'm so fucking tired of like people, single people, individuals having so much power over what's happening in this country. It's infuriating holding it hostage and thinking it was one of our own. Ugh, not one of our own. Okay. 
Um, Good news. We're going to the good news. Palette cleanser. Here you go. A federal judge on Wednesday temporarily blocked enforcement of Arkansas's ban on gender confirming treatments for transgender youth while a lawsuit challenging the prohibition proceeds. So this is a small step, but it is a step. The American Civil Liberties Union filed a lawsuit in May asking U.S. District Judge Jay Moody in Little Rock to strike down the law that made Arkansas the first state to forbid doctors from providing gender-confirming hormone treatment, puberty blockers, or sex reassignment surgery to anyone under 18 years old, or from referring them to other providers for such treatment. The ACLU sought the preliminary injunction while its lawsuit proceeded. This is, quote, to pull this care midstream from these patients or minors would cause irreparable harm. That's what Moody said. This was the judge. Now, the law has been set to take effect July 28th. The ACLU filed the lawsuit on behalf of four transgender youth and their families, as well as two doctors who provide gender-confirming treatments. So the lawsuit argues that the prohibition would severely harm transgender youth in the state and violate their constitutional rights, A.G. Ah. Arkansas's Republican-dominated legislature, I don't know if you remember this, we covered this before, they overrode Governor Asa, 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 he's kind of an Asa, Hutchinson's veto of the measure. Hutchinson vetoed the ban following pleas from pediatricians, social workers, and the parents of transgender youth who said it would harm a community already at risk for depression and suicide. Yeah. So the legislature passed it. Asa Hutchinson vetoed it. The legislature overrode the veto. Mm-hmm. Then they filed lawsuit, ACLU. The law was supposed to go into effect on July 28th. It will no longer go into effect. There's a temporary ban on this law. And, you know, I mean, like whatever happened to like bodily autonomy? Weren't we just reading a, a lawsuit brought by the Citizens United guy who didn't want kids at college to get vaccines because they have bodily autonomy? Yeah, you also come up against a, a problem here that the, the, the Republican Party is basically talking out of both sides of their ass, which isn't surprising. They're saying we're banning any you know doctor from giving any sort of treatment before 18, but their argument about having girls participate in sports that they identify with their gender, that they have to have hormone treatment. So it's one or the other. You can't have both. Either you're saying these athletes need to have hormone treatment earlier or you're going to ban it from the do- either way. It's bullshit. Right. That's my frustration is they 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 can't have both. In fact, neither of them are legal. Yeah. And they so. might want to argue that you know well, you you don't get bodily autonomy to refuse vaccines until you turn eighteen, which is what's going on in this college, and this is for trans youth. Right. But then why do you want to marry fifteen year old girls? Yuck. You know. So like I can't. It's yeah. just wall after wall. But in a similar story, you just mentioned the sports thing. Louisiana lawmakers failed to override Governor John Bell Edwards' veto of their legislation that would have banned transgender athletes from competing on school sports teams. Edwards vetoed the Senate Bill 156 last month in Louisiana, which would have required athletic teams to allow athletes based on biological sex. Remember, they wanted to do inspections and shit. We talked about this. Yep. In vetoing the bill, Edwards said discrimination is not a Louisiana value. And this was a solution in search of a problem that simply does not exist in Louisiana. And that's so well put. So that's some good news for us. Good news to end with before the good news, the end of the show interrupted by an incredible interview. Yes, and we'll be right back with that. Stick around. It's going to be Lincoln's Bible on the other side of the break. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Allison, and today's episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by Magic Spoon Cereal. It's my favorite snack and cereal and breakfast food and everything. I absolutely love it. 
I've been drinking protein shakes for years, but I finally found a much more delicious way to get my protein before and after workouts. Magic Spoon is super nutritious and is packed with protein, but it tastes exactly like the delicious cereals from your childhood. Magic Spoon has magically zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, four net grams of carbs in each serving, and it's only 140 calories. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb and GMO-free, and you can build your own box. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, blueberry, cinnamon, and peanut butter. I love the great new flavors. Combining them is delicious, too. I like mixing cocoa with peanut butter or cocoa with cinnamon. It's so delicious, you all. And 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 by the way, you can you pour the cereal, drink the milk after, or you can eat it as a dry snack on the go during the day. So go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our code dailybeans at checkout to save $5 off your order. That offer is good now anywhere in the U.S. or Canada. Welcome, Canada. But only when you use our code at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It has a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will fully refund your money. No questions asked. There's no risk here. So remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash dailybeans and use code dailybeans to save $5 off. And thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring the show. Everybody, welcome back. I am happy today to be joined by my good friend, Lincoln's Bible, and her new podcast, The World Beneath, is absolutely amazing. You need to check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, LB. Thanks, AG. <laughs> so it was a fucking party at my house yesterday when Tom Barrick was indicted. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time over here, too. Let me tell you. Oh, boy. I can't begin to explain like you know i mean i tweeted out in july 2017 like hey he's all polishing <laughs> up the uae the way the way manafort polished up uh yanukovych ah. and uh hey he better watch his little farah ass you, you know i and here we are two years later i mean of course i was such a i was such a baby podcaster and so new into this yeah. world of of prosecutions and stuff like that i'm like any day now he's gonna be <laughs> indicted it takes two years okay what are the implications? Uh, we know the implications for him, yeah. but he's got his dick in a lot of inkwells. Yeah. Particularly uh, the pick, Walkoff, Ivanka, and then, of course, the Trump organization. He could be as valuable, if not more valuable, than Weisselberg yeah. to uh, federal prosecutors. Kushner, oh, for example, that's the big with one. all of his that's the big one. Middle East stuff. And then, of course, the Middle East Marshall Plan with McFarlane, KT and Bud McFarlane and yeah. everybody, Copson and Flynn texting Copson from the dais of the inauguration saying, we're going to do it. We're going to build nuclear reactors in Saudi Arabia and Eric Prince is going to guard them. That, I mean, the the scope of this indictment, which is 46 yeah. pages long, is a tiny, teeny sliver of what this man is involved yeah. in. What are your thoughts on the implications for others? I think there's a lot of people shaking in their boots right now. Oh, I think people are just peeing their pants. Um, <laughs> he, he, here's, he, there's a couple things to know about uh, Mr. Thomas. Barack, we want to make sure we say his name different than Barack. Um, so it, this is a game that Tom Barrack has been in for decades and decades and decades and decades. Okay, everybody? From the 1970s, this man has been figuring out how to um, mix in the dark money of a uh, world of the Middle East, right? Across the spectrum of the Emirates, Saudi Arabia, Qatar particularly as well has been a specialty of his, um, and U.S. business interests, right? So 
for uh, there's a tremendous amount of overlap and all that. And he's very, very sophisticated in things like what you brought up um, about this sort of Marshall plan that he had, which really uh, the Middle East Marshall plan. Here, here's what it was. It was this is all for for Thomas Barrack and this particular uh, set of indictments and and where they're zeroing in on him with with uh, with these charges is, as your audience may or may or may not know, because um, I know you've been informing them like crazy. Uh, but it, this was a Saudi nuclear deal. And in order to sell Saudi nuclear uh, technology, and they were looking to do it around Congress, which violates the uh, the one, two, three uh, uh, for a nuclear proliferation, which is, uh, you know, meaning that you've got to get congressional approval or congressional oversight in these kinds of nuclear deals for foreign interests, okay, or foreign nations. So this is all about the Nuclear Proliferation Act and, you know, making sure that the United States has a really firm grasp, and specifically the Congress, a very firm grasp on where our nuclear technology is being sold or allocated. Well, that's called the gold standard. You know, we, we expect everyone, all of these foreign nations, if we're going to assist or participate uh, with them in terms of showing our, uh, uh, lifting our nuclear <laughs> technology skirt, so to speak, and share our information with them that um, they adhere to our own gold sca- standard. Well, Saudi Arabia didn't want to do that, especially under MBS. They, they, they don't want anything to do with our gold standard. They don't give a fuck about it. And they want all different ways to get around that while still getting their hands on our nuclear technology and, and our resources. And Thomas Barrack was making that dream come true for them. With uh, he, he created this uh, ridiculous, or he was partnered with this ridiculous company. Um, what was it? IP, what the hell was that name? IP3? Yeah, IP3, Copson, then Copson yes, fell yes. out. And they were going to build like a test yes. nuclear reactor somewhere in the southern United yes, States. It's literally one industry executive in, in the nuclear industry uh, it, it names IP3 the Theranos of the nuclear industry. I mean, it's just it's just a paper tiger. It's just it's all fraud. Right. It's just a it's a front company yeah. um, with just a bunch of people that want to have their interests get make money off of get skirting and getting around our own. Yeah, to funnel nuclear yes, technology to the yes. Saudis. Yeah. And what Barrick's Mar- Middle East Marshall plan was, was he was going to purchase Westinghouse Electric Company. Now, this is the only U.S. manufacturer of large-scale nuclear reactors, okay? You, if there's a U.S. company that's actually involved in the uh, IP3 and, and shifting this technology, it skirts around the scrutiny of the Committee of Foreign Investment in the United States, right? Which is CFIUS. Because it's private yes. entity. It's not government. But it's also a U.S. company, stuff. a U.S. company. Now, where right. was the money coming from that Thomas Barrack was going to get in order to purchase Westinghouse Electric? I don't know. Nobody knows where this money's coming from. So um, what everyone should just go and do right now is go get Elijah Cummings' report on all of this. It's called the Cummings Report. He put it together. I think it was in 2019. God bless that man. My God. It's all spelled out in the Oversight Committee report. And I think it, and I just did a, like a search for Thomas, for Barrack's uh, last name in, in that report. And there's 149 instances where his name in this report. 
And this all has to do with it's really is truly tied into everything we saw in that indictment that he was using this foreign money acting as um, as a foreign agent, basically not even not even failed to register far. He was full on a foreign a spy. agent a spy and using his influence and contacts within the Trump administration. Mnuchin is named in this. Wilbur Ross is named in this. Gary Cohn is named in this. Jared Kushner is named in this. All of these motherfuckers were all involved in this because it was a vast amount of money. Now, back to Thomas Baer mm-hmm. being a fucketeer of, of, of the fucketeers, right? Meaning he, he's been in the business of swimming in this sort of dirty, dirty landscape of uh, working with uh, foreign intelligence services, pulling off these great big deals. He was swimming with Saudi arms dealers for God knows how long um, and trying to funnel money into the Middle East from the U.S. and technology, as well as funnel money from the Middle East into the U.S. and to uh, U.S. based companies that he owned or participated in in, in ownership. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's this guy's entire business model. Real estate. We all know what role real estate plays in being this sort of shelter for anyone having eyes into where money's coming from, especially if it's going through offshore. Yeah, Italy investigated Italy him investigated for, him. for his colony or his stuff, colony uh, four years ago. Colony also was named in the Cummings report. Um, he was trying to use uh, mm-hmm. colony as as a as a front for all of this. So this is all this man is in deep, deep, deep trouble. Now, what is it? You had another question. What you know, what does it sort of mean to be pulling on him? Um, in terms of our justice department. Yeah, like how does that implicate? Because, you know, you you mentioned the Cummings report. That came out July 29, 2019. And uh, happy anniversary almost to (laughs) to that report. That was also the same month that Mueller testified. It was was a lot of stuff going on in, in the spring and summer of 2019. But you and I have been talking about this since 2017. So when that right. when that oversight committee report came out, you know, today's reveals new and extensive evidence that corporate and foreign interests seek to influence U.S. nuclear policy towards yes. Saudi Arabia. I tweeted, yeah, no shit. We covered this in episode <laughs> six in 2017. It's called the Middle East Marshall yeah. Plan. And I actually put Tom Barrick and Al Malik, yeah. along with Manafort and Gates, were also involved. Look for Farah charges against Barrick if Barr allows yeah. it. That's what I tweeted back in 2019. And uh, I know it wasn't specifically under Farah, although this statute is considered Correct. a Farah statute. It is. It does. But, but the difference being that he was being directed by high-level officials at UAE. That's right. He wasn't just sort of broadly lobbying on behalf of Turkey, aka Flynn. Right, or or like or some uh, or an individual that is not connected to the intelligence services or the sovereign uh, family. Right. It, it's mm-hmm. that that falls under Farah too. It could just be a businessman or a bank or something like that. That you need to register for. So, okay. But this came, you know, my question is how this, impl- you know, implicates other people. Yeah. When Mueller was in- interviewing Gates, ah. uh, and New York Times is reporting, <laughs> New York Times is reporting Mueller handed this That's off right. to the Eastern District of New York. And it's one of those 14 behind redaction right. bars in Appendix D of handed off shit. And, you know, Gates, the judge, when they were sentencing Gates, they were like gushing about his substantial assistance in the Manafort matter and then said, and also several other ongoing matters. And I think that includes this, but you know, that's all speculation, but this implicates so many people around the Trump orbit, doesn't it? That's right. Let's remind everyone that Gates, when Gates, Gates was in the sort of administration in with the campaign and doing all that. And then he was like, he ran ran for the Hills, (laughs) right? And where did he run? He ran to uh, Barrick. He, He started working for him. 
Um, and so Gates actually was in there in barracks. Uh, I believe he was at Colony North Star, uh, which was the, one of the companies, one of the colony companies involved in all this. So we'll have to, I'll have to double check that. But he saw he was working for Thomas Barrack and with Thomas Barrack. Um, and then he ended up going back in and kind of being with Jared a little bit um, after that. He, so they were moving Gates around, <laughs> keeping him close by when, after Manafort had been sort of ejected into outer space out of the campaign. Um, uh, I think this all gets into, let's go back to that question of who does this implicate? I, I, I want to be very, I'm very excited about this, but I want everyone also to be very measured about this. Yes. So Barrack actually has quite a lot that he can trade for Manafort and for Flynn. Um, it, it doesn't even, uh, and so it's going to be up to our justice department, whether they're going to let him out of, because he will trade. This man loves Santa Barbara. He loves Montecito. He loves his yachts. He loves his celebrity friends. He loves whatever that weird smelling lotion is. He slathers his body with. Yes. I, I have met this man. I've been in a room with him. It was 15 years ago. I have my sources still say, yes, he still has that strange smell about him. So, uh, you know, he, he likes his good, fine life. He really, really does. Um, and so he's not, he's not, I can't even believe he's allowing himself to be detained. I'll be very, until they transfer him to, to New York, I'm going to be very curious whether the judge in New York allows him to be arraigned on bail. Um, he has he a high flight risk. Um, so, you know, uh, this guy, I'm telling you, he will sing to the rafters. Oh, yeah. He's not like a Weisselberg uh, who was born Weisselberg to go to prison. Weisselberg was born to go to prison. Know? Yes, my line. Manafort was born to go to prison. These are made men. <laughs> they have been in uh, organized crime since birth. They are. They know the rules in the play. Uh, Thomas Barrack is a fucketeer. <laughs> He's got a Rolodex <laughs> that, that, that spans the globe. He knows Jeffrey. He knew Jeffrey Epstein very well. Paul Manafort and, and Epstein and, and Barrack were, were running buddies. So... It, it, much like how Epstein traded on his uh, contacts into intelligence, his contacts into um, arms deals his, and dealership uh, around the world and, and in organized crime. I uh, don't think that Thomas Barrack doesn't have a Rolodex even with a bigger and broader reach and has knowledge that goes even way deeper than anything that, that Jeffrey Epstein had. So he will trade on all of that. It's going to be up to our Justice Department whether they're going to accept Manafort as a scalp or Flynn as a scalp, because I, I think that's the first place that he's going to start before he touches on Kushner or, or Trump or anyone in the Trump family. Um, so that I would, mm -hmm. I would and there's other there's other people swimming around that, you know, look also in that coming again, go read the Cummings report, everybody. Apollo uh, and Leon Black is, mm. is soup to nuts in there. Right. Um, Blackstone mm -hmm. soup to nuts in there. So Schwartzman is on the table. Uh, Leon Black is on the table. All of these characters are on the table. Um, and there is indication that some of them are under investigation and some of them like Leon Black for the crossover into the Julian Maxwell case. OK, so um, this is what this world is. Don't think it's not this world. This is the this is the underworld. It is the world beneath us. It is the intersection of a of, of really illegal dark, bloody money and foreign intelligence uh, and the aims and goals of hostile nation states. OK, that Thomas Barrack mm -hmm. sits mm -hmm. right in the center of a lot of that. And he has for for decades and decades and decades. He will trade on that um, now if, if they. Yeah. Like you say, if, if they, they let him because he's a big he's you know, he's a huge target. 
he's he's a big fish. He's yeah. not somebody that they're just getting to yeah. roll on other yeah. people. And I do want to keep talking. I also want you to finish your thought. I'm sorry for interrupting oh, you. That's okay. And I want to talk about Cutter and the Cutter Investment Authority and the blockade. But I have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Yeah. Thank you, everybody. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG for the beans. One thing I've learned from doing this podcast is that entrepreneurs can have a gargantuan impact on the world and on a local and global scale, too. Like Bowl and Branch, they started with a mission, right, to produce the highest quality sheets on the market, make them comfortable and wonderful, and make the world a better place in the process. They were founded in 2014 by a husband and wife team named Scott and Missy Tannen, and they wanted to give sleepers more choices for high quality sheets at a fair price. Bowl and Branch partners with family-owned businesses that align with the same values and standards that we care about here at The Daily Beans. Their ultra-soft organic sheets are transparently sourced and produced in safe, fair conditions with toxin-free processes and fair trade certification to ensure workers are paid fair living wages. And you'll feel the difference, too. And you know you're making one. My Bowl and Branch sheets look and feel so amazing. The ultra-refined luxe fabric has the spectacular drape that's wonderful. It's got this silken feel, which I love. Bowl and Branch has an incredible variety of the most high-quality sheets, and their buttery, soft, lightweight, 100% organic cotton sateen weave is perfect for all seasons, and it comes in a variety of colors and sizes, from twin up to cow king. So to experience the best sheets you've ever felt, choose Bowl and Branch. You can try them worry-free for 30 nights with free shipping and returns, and listeners get an exclusive 15% off your first set of sheets with promo code DAILYBEANS at bowlandbranch.com. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L and Branch.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS. And today's episode is brought to you by Context Travel. I am so excited that the world is opening back up for travel again. And if you're like me, you're probably already planning your first trip. The absolute best place to start your journey is Context Learning. With Context, I'm already learning about all the destinations I plan to visit. It's like getting an insider knowledge of the go-to places for my next big trip long before I even hop on the plane. They run live expert-led courses and virtual tours and lectures, too. Uh, but they do this around the globe. Travel with context across the globe to over 60 cities across six continents, visiting the world's cultural and historical capitals. I'm so pumped for this. The last time I got a chance to travel overseas, I learned so much about history and uh, my family. And for me, exploring new places has always been an amazing learning experience. And the best part about context is you get to skip the line and off hours access to popular sites. On any given day, you can uncover ancient Rome with an actual archaeologist or go behind the velvet rope in the Louvre with an art expert or walk the streets of St. Petersburg with a local guide all from home. I've already taken an FDR lecture and I hit it off so well with the professor who gave it and who also happens to be a friend of Steve Laddick. We're going to have him on the podcast and I'm going to appear on his podcast. It was such a cool learning experience. Next, I want to visit Egypt uh, and I want to do that virtually with a context tour. I'm I'm signing up for these left and right because I love them. Uh, listen to Susan in L.A. who said uh, about one of the testimonials. She said this tour was like a walking TED talk, massively informative and entertaining. Can't wait to recommend it. Uh, so Daily Beans listeners, if you love travel and learning as much as I do, you're going to love this. For a limited time, when you buy one virtual tour, you'll get a second tour free when you use promo code Daily Beans, all one word, at contextlearning.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-X-T learning.com. And again, use promo code DailyBeans, all one word, at contextlearning.com. Everybody, welcome back. We're talking with the host of the amazing The World Beneath podcast, Lincoln's Bible. And LB, I rudely cut you off in mid-thought before we went to break, but I had to take a break. Can you please continue? Because you were saying his Rolodex and he's profound and et cetera. And we were kind of talking about how, yes, but he is a, definitely a target. And we don't know whether the DOJ will, I mean, with the pardons on the books, you know, I, it might be moot to, to look into Flynn and Manafort. But what were you, what was the rest of the thought that you wanted to finish there? I, you know, I actually think I finished it, but I, but I think it's, it's just sort of, 
really grounding everybody in the reality of who this man is and what he can trade. Um, and so it is going to be for his own liberty and freedom. Um, it is going to be up to the Justice Department to determine what where they want to cap his his value off for them. If they want to just go back in and do more on Manafort and Flynn, Flynn has quite an extensive pardon. Maybe they want to challenge those pardons. I don't, you know, who knows what the strategy of the Justice Department is. If they, I do, I am hopeful that this will touch on Kushner. Kushner is so filthy um, and he committed so many crimes and he's such a national security risk just running around out there. So um, hopefully national security and the priority of national security will come into play above and beyond anything else. And if that is at the foremost of the Justice Department's um, and Merrick Garland's agenda is actually protecting this nation against these these rogue criminals who, who got themselves into the halls of power for four years and had their dirty little, you know, mobbed up money grumming fingers digging through all of our intelligence and selling that off to whatever bone saw regime they wanted to sell it off to in order to get out of their own debt because they didn't know how to run a goddamn business, right? And I'm speaking of Kushner specifically. <laughs> yeah, the 666 Fifth 66 Avenue building. Right, all and, of that, right? And this is an excellent segue into the Cutter and yeah. CIA, Cutter Investment yeah. Authority information. Uh, so, I mean, do you think that, uh, we know for a fact that Barrick was being investigated for his fishy shit with yeah. QIA. And we know already we've talked extensively about the weird timeline about the Saudi blockade with Qatar and then yeah. and then it was OK. And, they ha- and we have a major base in Qatar uh, and we were sort of going against them from policy that was probably driven by Barrick. And, you know, we had that weird timeline of, oh, the, the blockade is lifted Ew, and a whole bunch of billions of dollars went to bail out the Kushner company for their for their devil building in New York. That whole weird timeline, we know about that. So, I mean, is that sort of where you think that they could? I feel like they wouldn't even really need Barrick to go after Kushner if they have all this on Barrick, but I assume it would be a really great help. Oh, they need him. Yeah, to go after Jared Kushner and start pulling on that because of who he truly is. And I think we'll learn a lot more about who Jared Kushner really, really is um, in the coming months and years um, with, with stark clarity. Uh, they're going to need every piece of ammunition they can get their hands on um, to really fully take that guy down. Um, I'm sorry to say that. I know I'm not trying to be ominous about it all. It just, um, this is a very intricate, uh, very delicate situation that encompasses, um, you know, quite frankly, some of our friends and allies. And so it's going to be, it's going to be tricky around Jared. They need this. They need uh, Barrick. But again, we are going to need to make sure. And I, th- I do think that the Justice Department, the Garland Justice Department, they seem to have an acute self-awareness. <laughs> with, I mean, you were, you were dragging them about the Wilbur Ross thing. And then, they, oh, they had to come out with a statement right away of like, oh, this wasn't under us. This wasn't under us. Um, so they seem to be paying quite close attention on our what's important to us and what we are aware of. And I think it's very important that that we continue to keep raising our voices, not for vengeance. This isn't about vengeance. These people were fucking criminals. Right. The Trump administration right. and those kids and that Jared Kushner. 
They're criminals. It's a criminal organization. They are national security is at risk. Um, every moment they're walking around free. And so, I, you know, that's the whole point of it. Who cares? I don't care. I truly don't care about politics, guys. I don't give a damn about any of these policy agendas around, you know, it, uh, Trump going to whatever he stood for, whatever, but he, he wasn't even a politician. He was a president of the United States because a bunch of knuckle dragging buffoons put him in there. And because of, you know, he had a lot of help from foreign intelligence services getting his ass in there. But, you know, he's a criminal. This is a criminal and not a criminal like the, the you know, Republicans were saying Hillary or anybody else was a criminal for years in order to do their bullshit propaganda. This this man is a launderer for organized crime syndicates. And he has been for decades. It, it's very, very bad. Um, and it's he's still owned and controlled by those same syndicates. Uh, they have their reach now into the highest offices in several different nations. Um, it's a threat to our national security, and we need him in prison and silenced, muzzled, stick him in a hole, right? We, it, it's just a threat. He's a threat. Jared Kushner is a vast threat to this nation. So, you know, come and get me for saying this stuff, but it is the obvious stuff to say, and we need to be saying it, and we need our Justice Department to make that the priority instead of worrying about whether you're going to upset some oath keepers somewhere. I don't give a fuck. Right. Put him in jail. Muzzle him. Mm. Right. They know too much. They had their hands in too much. And find out what they shared. Right. We need to know what they went around sharing. I'm very concerned about the Khashoggi stuff. Still, I still don't think that's off the mm. table in any of this morass. Right. Of Middle East fuckery with with the MBS and uh, and and with the with frankly, Vladimir Putin standing right behind him, clapping and cheering. So it, come on, everybody, get it together. We can't have this. We can't have this. You know, we can't have our, our national security threatened like this any longer. So, yeah, they're going yeah, to they're going to need Barrack. They're going to need every single one of them that will sing. Every single one. Yeah. And I, and I hope they learn their lesson from allowing Donald to be elected president anyway. He didn't just become a criminal after he got oh. into the White House. He probably crimed <laughs> so. less in the White House than he did over his entire <laughs> life. For God's sakes. Right? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone was just sort of looking around, <laughs> holding their dick, like, what do we do? Who do we even tell? How do we stop yeah, this? Well, I, I'll you tell know? you what, Joe Biden could stop it, a lot of it. He 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 can declassify a lot of stuff. Yeah. He could declassify it in two seconds. Yeah. So yep. that would be nice. I'd like to see Donald's confidential informant file. Bring it out. That would be interesting. <laughs> that would be real interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> I would just shock yeah, the shit out of everybody. What? Oh, man. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll be, I really appreciate your time today. We're going to see what else comes out of this investigation. We're also keeping a close eye on Gates and Rudy and Ukraine uh, and Eastern District, Southern District, all of these different investigations. And and I'm so happy that I will say this about the, the Merrick Garland Justice Department. If any of these offices, like in the Barrick case, were sort of hanging back a little bit until Barr and Rosen and Trump were out and no one could be pardoned. 
Fucking thank yeah. you. And allowing these, the execution of the search warrant on Rudy to go forward, yeah. allowing these indictments to go forward. Because, yeah, I mean, I know that this was the Eastern District of New York, but they couldn't have indicted Barrick without going up through some of the top ranks, at least in the public corruption department, division of the That's Department right. of Justice. But we will see what happens. And of course, I know that you will have your finger on the pulse of it. Everybody follow Lincoln's Bible on Twitter at Lincoln's Bible and listen to the world beneath. You will not be sorry. Thanks so much for your time, LB. Thank you, H.E. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hello, everyone. It's Allison Gill. And this final segment of The Beans is brought to you by Blue Blocks. How many hours a day do you spend staring at your screen? Do you get that little report that pops up on your phone that says you spend <clears throat> hours a day looking at your screens? Well, I tell you what, I was spending so much time on my screen, all these screens, all day, looking at the news, looking at social media, looking at Excel spreadsheets and business documents. I was getting watery eyes and fatigue and, and headaches. But thankfully, I found the solution to my blue light blues. And the answer is blue blocks. B-L-U-B-L-O-X. I love these things. They have a variety of amazing glasses designed to solve a variety of specific problems. I personally got the blue light computer glasses with clear lenses for headaches, sore eyes, digital eye strain, watery eyes, and fatigue. They're easy to use. You just wear them. You just wear your blue light computer glasses during the day when you're working on screens or if you're under artificial light, they help too. They also have glasses to help with migraine, stress, anxiety, and low mood. And they have others that help with poor sleep, fatigue, low energy, and even jet lag. Blue Blocks' stylish frames have been featured in GQ magazine and Vogue, so they look great. And their science-backed technology is tested to ensure they actually work. We love science at Daily Beans. And that's unlike other blue light glasses that are out there right now. They've really helped me with my digital eye strain. It's a massive difference that I've noticed. And I can work on the computer all day without any freakouts or Zoom incidents. <laughs> with glasses for every need, Blue Blocks glasses come in non-prescription, prescription, and reading options too. And they also have low light blue light bulbs, red light therapy devices, and 100% blackout sleep masks, which I love and I have. They're all backed by science, which is awesome. Blue Blocks ships worldwide in rapid time and always has easy returns and exchanges. Go to blueblocks.com slash dailybeans and use coupon code dailybeans, all one word, to save 15% off your order. That's blueblocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com slash dailybeans and use coupon code dailybeans to save 15%. And today's show is also brought to you by the LA Times. Weekday mornings, the story begins in California. The Times, a daily news podcast from the Los Angeles Times, gives you a West Coast perspective on the story shaping policy and opinion around the country. Join host Gustavo Arellano and a diverse range of voices every weekday morning as they cover the critical issues like only a team reporting from California can. From immigration to income inequality, climate change to racial justice, nativism to technology, The Times explores the contradictions and hard truths of the Golden State and the nation through a West Coast perspective. Plus, I personally put some beans on it that you will enjoy the unique stories and the in-depth coverage as much as I do. I really value this podcast. Through interviews and original stories, The Times... Daily News from the LA Times is the podcast you need to understand the world and how California shapes it. Because of an issue that's in California isn't in your town yet, it will be soon. Expect award-winning reporting, hard-hitting investigations, and LA eccentricities from the biggest newspaper west of the Mississippi. New episodes of The Times are available every weekday. To listen and subscribe, go to wherever you get your podcasts and search for The Times, Daily News from LA Times. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play any of our games, you want to have a dispute settled in Amy's court on Fridays with Amy Carrero, anything, any of the things, any new games, all of it, you send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Uh, Dana, I'm going to kick us off with Geek 
Gumbo. Please do. Geek Gumbo pronouns, he and him. Gang names. Okay, so our, one of our new games is Aryan Nation <laughs> Gang Name Generator. Because some of the gang, like there was a 16 person indictment in Florida from a white supremacist group and their names were like Shrek and Scumbag and Chain Gang and like they were just so stupid. <laughs> All right. So gang names, says Geek Gumbo. Truck Nuts. Rand Lava. Lil Fact Checks. I like that. Lil Fact Checks. I like that too. Insult. Vote for Ted Cruz. I'd rather eat barbed wire till it came out of my ass and floss myself to death. Ow. Well, there you have it. Ow is right. Three, random fact compliment. Dana has taken over the August and noble title of news lesbian from <laughs> Rachel amongst my friends. Oh my God. Please don't say that out loud, but thank you, Geek Gumbo. I'll take it. Oh my God. <laughs> Pet Tax is my buddy Fezzik. Anybody want a peanut? He's a Newfoundland puppy, a Newfie puppy. And look, even put anybody want a peanut before oh I even God. got to it. That's really funny. Ah, oh. dude, we're on the same wavelength. Geek Gumbo, look at this baby. Geek Gumbo, best movie, Princess Bride. Gonna be. I big. feel like that bonds people together. When the Princess Bride is your favorite movie, you know you're amongst good elk. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's what's going to bring this nation together. The Princess Bride. That's right. All right, this next one's from Izzy. Pronoun she and her, the happy little old lady married to the one I am still in love with and still in like with. That's the title. Oh, good. Good news. Humans are kind again. Yes, indeed. Uh, Being a longtime listener and a longtime lover of your plural intelligence and humor, I had to share this wee bit of return to normalcy. Our vehicle had a rough day yesterday. It stalled out as we were pulling out of a parking spot. One by one, four people stopped to give a hand, offer helpful advice, hold the flashlight and offer us the use of the phone. Aww. Every one of these folks had nothing but kindness in their hearts and their actions. There is hope for the future. For my pod pet tax, I give you my very silly, twisted grand kitty Garfunkel. Gar, just such a good name. Garfunkel <laughs> loves to play fetch and will do just about anything to make us laugh. The second pod pet is one of our local larger pets, a young buck in velvet. I love these big, quote unquote, pets. Thanks for your show that keeps us all informed and chuckling all at the same time. Remember, a chuckle a day keeps the doctor away. Indeed. Oh my God, look at the kitty. <laughs> nice nip nops. Garfunkel's adorable. Dude. Oh, oh, there's a fuzzy deer. It is a fuzzy deer. Hello. Literally I'm, with fuzzy antlers. I'm wondering where you live too, because I have to tell you, Issy, when when I was I went and did the, the main comedy festival in Bethel, Maine. And when one of the comedians, it's like 10 comedians in a house, an Airbnb house on a lake. It is a riot. It's a fucking laugh riot. That sounds amazing. Ian Harvey hosts it. Oh, right, right. Of course. And so we get there and the last comedian's rolling into the driveway, but she turns too early and ends up in the ditch. Oh, my God. And all of a sudden people are driving down this road, two lane sort of paved road on, on a lake. And some and one person stops and they get out of their car and then another person stops and they're like, hey, oh, hey everything OK. And uh <laughs> And, you know, Ian's like, someone's in my doyad. And then they, they all, there's like 10 Mainers now within 15 minutes, all lined up on the sides of her little Geo Metro, pulling it out of the ditch. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's just such a wonderful friendliness. I love it there in Maine. All right. Next up from Matt, pronouns he and him. More names for white supremacist gang members. Oath Kiefer. Nice. Third Reich Rick. Blood libel Fievel. Oh, God, that's awful. Oh, my God. Maureen Le Pen 15. I get it. Pen 15. Uh, that's penis. Uh, Plante Sean. 12 years a Dave. Oh, my God. 
Marguerite Taylor Green and the gang's m- mascot, a turkey named Goibles. Okay, I like the Goibles. Turkey. Well done, Matt. Well done. All right. Um, let's see what we got here. We just have a note from uh, for anonymous. That we this is a note for anonymous uh, whose pronouns are he and him. We were unable to load your video of Mila eating some popcorn. So if you could please resubmit your what the mutt to hello at mullersherote.com. And um, we just need to see that little bit of joy. So if you could send that to us, that would be wonderful. And um, let me take the next one and you can uh, do one yep. after that. All right. Yep. This one's from Patrick Pronouns, he and him. Dear pod friends, there are my top five lame Florida gang member nicknames. And I came up with in a stream of consciousness burst while falling asleep last night. First one, flop sweat. Hilarious. Cousin kisser. <laughs> Fester is the third one. Boogalooser. And weak sauce. I yeah, actually really like weak sauce. Good. Yeah, that's Dude, right. can I have, I kind of want that middle name almost. Jim Weak Sauce Jones. That's right. Okay, attaches my pet tax, the newest member of our pack named Dougal or Doogie the Doggy. We drove 400 miles last Friday to adopt him and couldn't be happier about it. No need to guess the breed. It's as pretty as easy as he is Newfoundland. <laughs> the pick doesn't really show his size. He's 130 pounds. <gasps> Look at this baby. Hello. That baby's a big doggo. Arbo-bo-bo. It's like reminds me when I go to Steph Miller's house and when, you know, because I grew up with Pyrenees and, and they'll stand up and put their feet on your shoulders and they're taller than you. It's awesome. Next up. Did you see her new puppy she got? I did. Austin. Oh. Uh, yes. So adorable. Oh, my that might I don't know if that's the right name. Austin's either the second name because it's two names. It's either the first or second. All of a sudden I'm going blank. I can't but, remember. Uh, but... Austin's in love with Jamie. The dog's in love with Jamie. Oh, that's so good. Go go check out Steph Miller's Twitter feed. You'll find the dog. Greetings Beans Brigade from Lisa Pronouns She and Her. I want to start off by saying how awesome the podcast is. Daily Beans Miller She Wrote are always a must listen for me. I really appreciate your focus on the court cases and always find your analysis spot on. Well, thank you. I recently heard AG talk a little bit about how she spent the 80s and 90s. Boots and braces don't make a racist. And I thought she might appreciate my good news since I am turning 50 at the end of this year. That's not the good news part, (laughs) she says. I've decided to have a small midlife crisis. My new Vespa arrived last week. Woohoo! I haven't rode a scooter since 1993 and I'm having a blast terrorizing the roadways. It really is like riding a bicycle. I've included a pic from 1990 and today, plus my pet tax. This is my cat named Stop It Cat and Torty Pancake. Here's a twist on your game. Can you guess the breed of the cat? And or tortoise. Oh, tortoise, not torty cat. Tortoise. So guess the breed of the cat and the turtle. Tortoise. Excuse me. I know they're different. <laughs> I just want, I'm just letting you go because some of these couple of submissions have gotten me tongue tied too. <laughs> she says, stay sharp. That's S-H-A-R-P, Skinheads Against Racial Prejudice. <laughs> I love this. Thank you so much. P.S. I'd also like to recommend the books No Free Speech for Fascists by David Renton and A Brief History of Fascist Lies by Frederico Finkelstein. Ah, yeah. Look at that. That is a cool human on a Vespa right there. Dude, you and I would have just totally been hanging out. Oh, my God. They're so cute. Both of them. Oh, look at that tortoise. I wonder if you're that looks like my house in Arizona. That's weird. Did you live in Arizona? Yay, Sharpies. Look at that. That's so beautiful. Scoot. Look at these. Yeah. Look at this tortoise, though. Look how gorgeous. Oh, all right. Let's see. Oh, my goodness. By the way, there was no way I was going to try and guess either of these because you think I'm bad at cat breeds? Tortoise breeds fall just below that. <laughs> I, w- I was going to say the cat was a ragdoll, but the answer is a Japanese bobtail. If Maybe if you included a picture of the tail 
uh, my friend. Uh, I would have been able to to get that, but adorable. And the tortoise is a sulcata tortoise. Of course, a sulcata. I was going to say a sulcata tortoise. That's like the chow chow there. Everybody knows. All right. Last one's for you, my friend. Yeah. There we go. All right. This one's from Gina. Um, I did this last time. Uh, It's spelled J-E-N-A. So I think it's Gina. Could be Jenna. I think it's Gina. Pronoun she and her. Hello, A.G., Dana, Amy, and Mandy. James Tiberius, mom again. Yes, first Dana, it's Jenna. Thank you, I should have read ahead. Okay. (laughs) Jenna, pronoun she and her. Uh, You're welcome, Jenna, not Gina. I won't make that mistake again. My mom didn't think I could handle... (laughs) My mom didn't think I could handle two ends. I joke I would have been a doctor instead of a lawyer. Jenna, that's hysterical because my middle name is Michelle, but there's no E at the end because my mom thought it was superfluous and not necessary. Okay, (laughs) so it's... Whatever. Okay. This goes into my second point. I write to share a misheard idiom. For the longest time, I always talked about tasks as being as easy as shooting fish into a barrel. Oh, oh, (laughs) yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. I was a second year law student before someone corrected me and asked what the heck I was talking about. Um, My mental image involved a fish cannon and maybe some (laughs) carnival lights. Never wondered why I thought the fish cannon was the best way to say something is easy, but English is weird. Whoops. Luckily, I did pass the bar exam. (laughs) Jenna's funny. Luckily, I did pass the bar exam, even though I did get locked in the bathroom right beforehand. Bless your heart. I promise, unlike the Kraken team, I do read affidavits and verify them before submitting them to the court. Pet tax. Here's a photo of Beauty with her brother, Beast. Oh, my God. Of course, they're Beauty and the Beast. Jenna's my new friend. Thanks for being awesome. Mary Trump and AG's talk on trauma helped me a lot this week. Look at these beauty dogs. And the beast. (laughs) Beauty and the beast dogs. Oh my gosh. So cute. Okay. Jenna, thank you so much. Shooting fish into a barrel is awesome. James Tiberius. I like to combine. There's a name for that and I, I should look it up. I tweeted it out. But you combine these idioms into something like people who live in glass houses shouldn't go balls to the wall. Yeah. The most famous one is, does the Pope shit in the woods? Yep. Or does a bear, does the bear wear a funny hat? But yeah, uh, I miss misunderstood and misheard idioms are always great too. So we have a new game, Dana. If you have an idiom that you've been saying wrong this whole time, please send them in. I would love to hear it. Thank you. Because you know what I was thinking we needed was a new game. We don't have <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. Some of them are. No, I'm kidding. Because some of them, I think I don't want to say they're losing their luster, but I think people might be getting burned down on them. So to bring in new games that are really fun and and people that never submit sometimes get, you know, Mm -hmm. inspired by new games. So I love it. I love it. Yeah. Misheard idiom. So if you've been saying something, a common phrase wrong all these years and how you were corrected and why that's hilarious, please send it to us at dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. Any final thoughts before we get out of here today, Dana? No, I am. Uh, I'm just grateful for, for the podcast. I know I don't say that often enough, but it really helps me in the days where I'm not doing as good as I'd like to, as well as I'd like to, as good as I'd like to, um, as well as I'd like to be. So thank you for today. Well, we love you too. And uh, everybody, Amy will be with me tomorrow. And until then, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been Allison Gill. And I've been Dana Goldberg. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.